You come to me and you say, oh, I have something to do. Bye. I'll be back. Let's record the episode later. An entrepreneur and a student. A dad and a daughter. Podcasters intrigued by Taylor Swift. Welcome to 13 Ways of Looking at Taylor Swift Podcast. In each of our 13 episodes, we explore one theme, analyzing it through four lenses. Taylor's music, storytelling, business, and image. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we do the same thing every single time. We're always like, hi, awkward laugh. Yeah, we need to maybe make like a, I don't know, a fancy production I made intro. our intro. Did you? And we'll play for the first time on this episode. It probably That's just it. played. Future version of me. So we'll play this, it before. Does it have like some... Music yes. Do I look good in it? There's no looking. It's an audio you put only. Me in it, looking good. No. It's a generated Siri voice <laughs> that says, "Hello, you're listening to 13 Ways of Looking at Taylor Swift." <laughs> awesome. Cool. All right. Well, what are we covering in this episode? This episode, we are covering "Speak Now," the album by Taylor Swift. Any special reason? Oh, funny you should ask. Taylor announced "Speak Now," Taylor's version, which is coming out on July 7th. Just so exciting. And, to, and today is June 14th. Yes. Okay, so yeah, we're, so we're less than a month. Ahead of the release. Oh my god, it's getting like, so close. Anticipatory. And we're <laughs> doing, but yeah, we're doing a retrospective on the actual, the original, the original album, album. The songwriting, the songs, Taylor at that time. Which yeah. Which what? Two, 2010. 2010. We're going back in time before yeah. the recording. And then maybe post the release of Taylor's version, maybe we'll do. I mean, not a whole episode or part mm-hmm. of an episode, but we'll kind of then you know, pick up maybe some of the yeah. themes in this one. Cool. Yeah, we'll make a trailer episode, mini yeah. one. Can we just can we just pause for a minute? Yes. All right. So, when did Taylor announce that Speak Now was going to be the next Taylor's version that was released? She announced it on tour. It was very exciting. Yeah. It was. Month like or two. A, it was no. Three months ago. No, it was May. Okay. May 6th, May 7th. All right. And can we just for a moment remember who first suggested we were Easter egg hunting? There were like videos from Midnight's. Bejeweled. There was that one, Bejeweled, mm. with Dern in it. And somebody in the group raised his hand. Mm-hmm. That's a giveaway. This group <laughs> only has women and one man. <laughs> um, and said, I think. The next Taylor's group okay. is going to be speaking. Stop. Oh, come on. I'm stopping you right there because oh, you are, it, you, okay, you might have said it right then, but everyone has been theorizing about this for months. Ever since Red came out, there have been so many, really? like, well, yeah, because everyone's planning, like, the release dates. We don't know when, of course, but we do, like, we know she has these six albums, two of them are done, like, four more to go. We're kind of just theorizing, throwing back ideas of, of what's coming next. And, of course, like, there have been a lot of Easter eggs. And I saw most of them before you ever said. I mean, okay, which which saw makes, some of which these makes things. it even cooler. I saw like one or two, and I was like, boom, booyah! Yes, it's, it's very obvious. Now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's really funny because like we as Swifties theorize a lot about a lot of things, 
and most of the time they're completely kooky not never gonna come true but then sometimes you know like she does plant these things like on purpose and she's gonna do stuff with them so when we see them we're like oh that's gonna happen and then it actually does mm -hmm. and it's kind of crazy i'm still like oh i didn't really think it was actually gonna happen yeah. but <laughs> at some point <laughs> some, like, theme music for that. yeah <laughs> Ooh, i'm right <laughs> All right, so let's maybe do some level setting here, like mm -hmm. some basic facts, dates. Yeah, Speaking well, we out. have to look through each lens. Okay. Where do we want to start? I don't know. You're smarter <laughs> than me. You're okay. Boss. Didn't you just tell me that you're sort of driving this podcast yes, 80%? I, I, no, 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 no. We had a conversation this morning because let me let me actually give our, our listeners oh, some context. We have been planning to do another episode for a while now. It's been months since we last recorded something. And we've been planning on this morning. We decided that we were going to record an episode. And then what, what would you know? You come to me and you say, oh, I have something to do. Bye. I'll be back. Let's record the episode later. And then you come back and you're like, okay, let me just do a couple more things. Like they're valid things. But more, am I not a priority here? More than Our valid. listeners not a priority? More than valid. Have you tasted this water? Okay. Okay. So what I had to do, my pressing job was I had to fix the water maker on the boat, right? The water has <laughs> tasted terrible for months. And, but this is amazing. Yeah. I, can, I mean, it's I'm, really good water. Um, I got a drinking problem. <laughs> Before we start with the lens, let's just kind of get some facts here. So, yes. 2010... October 25th. Uh, October 25th. Taylor Swift's third album it's coming album. on the heels of Fearless and then before that... Debut. Debut. Um, and she is, what, 45 years old in 2010? <laughs> she is... Oh, she's 20 she's at the 20, time. Close yeah, to 21. 20 years old. Hmm. Um, third album. And has she, like, made the transition to, you know, she started as a country singer yes. in debut mm. in Nashville. Has she, like, transitioned? Is she pre, mm. like, what's going, that's kind of a weird way of saying it, <laughs> but, like, has she switched from country to pop? No, she hasn't. So her pop shift was in 1989, almost exclusively. I mean, there's definitely, like, Red is very debated, hotly debated. It's technically a country album. She labels it country. But mm. um, it's so pop-heavy, you just can't listen to it without feeling <laughs> yeah. like you're listening to a pop album. Um, but no, Speak Now is very much, it's very country, but of course we were just talking about this f a few weeks ago. Taylor Swift's country does not sound like right. regular country. Like, I've listened to country music. Debut album and a bit of Fearless sound very country. Yeah, but look, Taylor is her own genre. There's like. very, very little mention of trucks, mama, <laughs> you know, Yeah. Like, okay. Trucks, like some, cowboy hats. I mean, a couple of banjos is a country album. But she has a bit of twang and a few yeah, songs, like 100%. Mean and Mine. She has some twang in there. But really, it's fading. It's mm -hmm. not, I mean, she, of course, she's not, she wasn't born and raised in Nashville she's not exclusively country like she started there she definitely feels her roots are there but she's starting to transition early on away from country so to, to me one of the things that's going on here in this album and I'm no you know Swift expert but I hear a lot of rock in this yes. album. rock and roll that There's is some, very like, true real driving guitar driving drums it's mm -hmm. it's kind of guitar forward which is yeah. very rock um, which I love, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm from that era, I love rock. <laughs> yeah, this is really the only album where that takes place. It's a country album, but it's it's labeled as having pop rock in it, and mm -hmm. it's it sounds amazing. She's really good at doing that, and it, it definitely shows that she can transition, she can incorporate other genres in her, 
you know, in her music. And I think it's it's really interesting because, you know, there's this theory of karma, which I don't think I've ever explained to you. We should definitely do a karma episode. You mean on the song? No. Or on oh my god. This is such a newbie thing to say. Karma the song. Oh my god. You're such a baby Swifty. Oh my god. I mean, I can't speak. I'm also a baby Swifty. <laughs> But no, there's this, okay, we'll, we'll make a full episode. It's really interesting to think about. But in general, in 2016, it was theorized that she was going to release an album called Karma that was really grunge rock. It was like her aesthetic at the time. There were lots, lots of Easter eggs. All the drama happened in 2016. She went into hiding and then she made Reputation. So it just passed, but it's always been in the back of everyone's mind. Everyone thought Karma was real. Yeah. So that's really interesting to think about in terms of Speak Now because it shows that she can make rock stuff and she's good at that kind of genre which feels feels kind of weird like I can understand switching from country to pop to even indie like she's very good at those genres but rock seems like intense and I would really love to see her doing rock oh, yeah. I mean she's so versatile so mm. just make your list rock yeah rock, polka, <laughs> oh my goodness Nova, metal what if she did a spinal tap that did all oh spinal my tap God. working on sex farm please uh, totally awesome give that to us Taylor uh, so lenses yes um you're gonna have to remind me what our lenses are. Oh my goodness. No, I know. Remember when I said 80-20? This is your 20. <laughs> You're supposed to know so your 20. <laughs> wow. Yes, yeah, so, so our lenses, just to remind you and our listeners, we have um, <laughs> her business, yeah. her image, her music, and her storytelling. Um, those are the main ones. I'm all over business. I got some Yes, got yeah, you did. That, that was the main so. research that you did on it. I did... I mean, I didn't do a ton of research because I'm leaning heavily on my just general Swifty knowledge, but I feel pretty confident in my music and storytelling mm -hmm. area. So why don't you kick cool. it off? Maybe the way to phrase this is why, what am I most excited about with Taylor's version of Speak Now? Look, I love this album. It's great. We're going to dive into some of my favorite songs and mm -hmm. a couple of surprises that I didn't even know. I just learned today mm -hmm. that Innocent is about Kanye West. West. And I want to kind of talk about that. So the music is great, mm -hmm. but what I'm really excited about is um, is the fact that it, Taylor's version, right? She owns this stuff, and that is just so inspiring. Yeah, what she's doing. I mean, I I guess maybe it started as kind of vindictiveness, like with the whole Scooter Braun and the and you know having her masters sold out from underneath her. But now it's just turned into the it's most glorious entrepreneurial yeah. <laughs> endeavor. And it's working out really well. So a couple of numbers. Um, when uh, Speak Now came out, mm -hmm. Taylor Swift's uh, net worth was around $45 million. Okay, So she had two albums under her belt. Um, you know, a bunch of concerts, but one big tour. Fearless was a huge tour. It sold out. That album was, I mean, you it's know, really amazing. The, yeah. The, uh, the numbers there in terms of awards and whatnot. But um, between those two albums, and she's, of course, now, you know, been a professional musician for three years, yeah. three, four years. Four years. Um, I mean, I guess she was first signed at 14 mm. to that first kind of songwriter's representative contract or whatever. So there might have been some revenue, but it's sort of, I would, in my mind, three years of, of her, earning her own music. Yeah. And these are assets. She's earning from these assets, but she doesn't own them. She owns a lot of the songwriting. Um, 
royalties or rights. Uh, not as much in debut because most of those songs were collaborations. A lot more in Fearless, but not 100%. Um, and then she doesn't own the Masters. But she has yeah. some share in it, but that's owned by Big Machine. And yet, those two albums and the stuff around them were successful enough that she had earned $45 million. Now, that sounds like a lot of money. It is a lot of yeah, money. Yeah, it is. Um, it's not a lot of money in terms of wealth. But if she's only 20, 20, million, uh, 20 years old at this point. Yeah. So, flash forward from there. We're going to talk about the success of Speak Now, and you have multiple albums after that. But most recently, um, the estimates of her, well, uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, it was yeah. estimated that her net worth was $500 million, so half a billion dollars. So in that period, that's 10 years, she increased her net worth 10x. It's now estimated that her net worth is about seven, seven fifty. So she's sort of at like sixteen, seventeen x. Every time she releases a Taylor's version, two things happen. Mm -hmm. One of which is she wipes out any recurring revenue of the original album. Like we know this on Spotify. You go and say, "I want to listen to Speak Now," and you're going to be getting Taylor's version. Yeah, Taylor's version is first. It's just the way it gets served up. So. Goodbye, mm-hmm. old, whoever owns that stuff, Disney, Disney, by the way, owns that stuff, sorry, Shamrock, whatever it's called. Um, and she actually owns the Masters, and it scales up from there, right? So she, the income that she gets, her net assets, actually, if you chart this out, it's on a on an exponential curve, right? She's, she's earning more and more and more from her, her assets. And I just find that thrilling. Yeah. I just think, like, from a business management perspective, like, yeah. just go. She's so you know? smart. It's yeah. really great. Um, so I'm I'm super excited about, about yeah. the business side. Me too. It's amazing, yeah. Um, but what about the music? The music. Well, we were just talking about this and the, the pop elements coming in to speak now, which is very interesting um, because, you know, she's just had two albums that are pure country. Um, of course, we just talked about Taylor's country is not exactly generic country, but it is still it's still country. She classifies herself as country artist. Um, and that doesn't change with Speak Now, but it's really interesting. I think it would be super cool to have someone, an outsider, listen to Speak Now and, and ask them, what do you feel like this album is leans heavily on? Maybe they select country. They also have an equal chance of saying rock or saying pop. It just feels really difficult to like categorize. Red is even more this way because it's it's so bipolar. It's just completely switching between like country, like I almost do, and then we are never ever getting back together, which is like so far on the spectrum of pop. Can't get any more pop yeah, than that. Right. So you you've said for some time that Speak Now is your favorite album. Yes. Why do you say that? What what is it about this album that just resonates for you as a listener? Speak Now fans are very much focused on storytelling because Speak Now is just so fully formed as a as a story. Every every song is a complete and full story, and she just has jumped leagues ahead from Fearless. Um, in my opinion. And I feel like that's something, as I listen to the album, it just feels so right in my mind. Like, I love getting the full picture of a story of a song. And I love feeling like I, like I can revisit and learn each chapter, each, you know, bit piece of information as the story goes on. It just feels so fully formed in my view. I love Fearless. It's amazing to to go back and to listen to those, like, nostalgic oldies um but speak now just feels like i can continue to listen to it and learn new things because it's it's so full 
let's dive into that a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. what it, when we say a story, mm-hmm. what makes like a story song different from a song song? Right? Yeah. Like, what makes it unique? Is it because it has a beginning, middle, and end? Is it because it has like narrative, like you know, curve and falling action, or the climax? Like, what, what's going on? Yeah, well, I feel like there's many different things going on. Of course, every story is different, but we were, we, ju- we were just listening to mine, which yeah. is just completely like beginning, middle, and end. It's such a good story to listen to. And then, you know, sometimes it's different. I mean, Enchanted's literally one single night, but it is a story of her like meeting someone and seeing them across the room and then they strike up a conversation and then she like the night ends and she goes home and she like can't stop thinking about it. It's just like... It feels so dramatic. It feels like I'm right there with her, the way she describes everything um, that I haven't really seen. I mean, just thinking about it, Speak Now being released, like you haven't seen that in Fearless. Mm -hmm. You haven't really seen that in other songs. In Fearless and debut, it would be like Mary's song and Love Story that are really like Speak Now, I feel like. Love yeah. story for sure, right? I mean, Definitely, it, that's a full story. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it has those references, which yeah. also is what I love about um, what story of us mm-hmm. in this, right? I mean, she's got all those references about yes. now it's a tragedy, next mm-hmm. chapter. Yeah, I I love that as a listener because it gives you gives you a sense of structure. To me, what's important in a story is structure. Like I know where I am. I'm in the beginning. I know I'm in the middle. I know that like. It's not that I know what's going to happen, but I, I feel like there's a, a continuity, a rationality for what's happened. In The Poetics by Aristotle, he really underscored this idea of a story has to have a kind of narrative arc. It has to have a very coherent sort of um, building up to a climax and then a falling action or denouement. Um, and it has to be structured. And if it's not, and if it's just sort of all over the place, the reader doesn't doesn't have anything to latch onto, and the re- and the reader gets lost. And once yeah. the reader gets lost, or the listener, the story fails, and it's not a story. Mm-hmm. And that's I, to me one of the things about Taylor Swift um, musically that I mm-hmm. really enjoy is she's just great at stories. I mean, yeah. that's not you know anything earth shattering. Everybody knows her as a great storyteller. But going back into Speak Now and into a couple of these songs, mm-hmm. I'm just awed by the structure. You know, mm-hmm. tight, tight yeah. reference. She's 20, like... That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Well, we just talked about business and music and storytelling. The last lens is image. I wasn't thinking about this that much. When I, you know, think of Speak Now, I don't usually think of image. I mean, there's a lot of I, other albums. I, I hardly think of image at all. Like, <laughs> this, is the, this, is the, this is the murkiest lens yeah. for me. Yeah, okay? <laughs> like, you can't speak on this. <laughs> Look at his outfit. <laughs> Um, no, I, just because I feel like a lot of other, her other albums are more heavy on image, um, as she, you know, grows and gets to be a bigger star. I think it's, it's interesting to think about this album in, in terms of her celebrity-dom. Like, she is, she's a newly discovered, Fearless was amazing, it's shot her to the top, but now she's, she has to, like, prove herself again in this new album and, and show that she's, like, still at the, like, on top of the charts and still doing amazing and you know, a pop star. You feel like she's she's feeling a ton of pressure right now. And, and, I would say, yeah. And is that like a corrosive negative thing for her or is that a positive thing that's buoying her up? Of course, like that's so hard because we're not Taylor and right. we don't talk to her regularly. So we don't... We should do that. <laughs> Look Taylor, at my DMs, listening. Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> 
feel like she experiences that in every album. Like, there's never a place where she stops feeling stressed, I think. She stops feeling like she's gotten to the top and she needs to coast. But don't you feel like in these, um, what I'm going to call her mature works, mm-hmm. like 30. <laughs> mature. Right? But I'm thinking sort of for pandemic albums, yeah. like the indie albums, um, Evermore and... Folklore. Folklore. Oh my god. Folklore. And- I'm so embarrassed to be associated <laughs> with you. <laughs> Those two. I mean, don't you feel like pressure, quote unquote, she feels there is more of an artistic pressure? Well, yeah. Right? Whereas Speak Now, I can imagine she feels artistic pressure for sure, but also feels like social pressure around I'm famous and I have to stay famous and I can't, I have to outdo fearless and that's going to be impossible. Isn't she also having some body image issues at this time? I mean, I like, I know this is just after the Kanye West catastrophe, and I've seen the video of that, and she's like rail thin at that time. Mm-hmm. Isn't she? And she's talked about this, right? Well, yeah, so back up, slow down. Okay. Um, <laughs> way too much questions, way too many questions. I can answer all of them, but. Okay, great. Okay, so I think the pressure thing, I mean, pressure is pressure. Like, it has the same like physiological things. Like you feel stress in the same way, no matter where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. So I think definitely it, at the Speak Now time, it's the exact thing you described where she just had an amazing album. She has to make sure that she keeps doing a bit better, but that keeps going with all of her albums. Folklore and Evermore, there is that artistic pressure. Like she wants to branch out. She wants to try indie music. She's wanting to do really well. She felt with Midnight's as well, stepping back into the pop world. That's what basically the jewel is about. She can still do pop music really well. Every album that she releases, I think, will be a moment of crisis where she's like, how am I going to outdo everything I've done prior? Our competitors, 13 Atosa fan podcast, I listen to them all the time. They're amazing. They said it best. They said, you know, she's always going to have to outdo herself. And that must be very debilitating. All right. So that that's a really good point. Yeah. So like, speak now. Kind of it was that. It's always there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's prevalent speak now. But then I also then switched to, isn't she also having issues with body image at this time as well? Like, I mean, and it's tied to, I'm on the top of the world and I've got paparazzi all over me. She's like, got that in her face at 20 do we see any of that do we see her battling and struggling with that at all in speak now or is it like um how big deal for the body image stuff i really don't think it's appropriate to be commenting on that stuff um especially because you know we don't know what was going on at that time and she has been very private about this stuff and i respect that immensely like that is completely her battle like she she was given so much hate for that anti-hero clip that one second clip where she was expressing this pain this thing that had been chronically a problem for her for like a decade we should never try to talk about or analyze something like that i don't think that's appropriate but i think something that's really important to note is that like we never know what's going on behind closed doors we never know what's happening i mean i don't think it's ever good to look at her body and be like oh she looks more thin in this picture than in that picture like she obviously had problems here that's not right to say i think we would be surprised by what's going on in her brain and in her body of course um i think definitely in the 1989 era was where she focused on in the Miss Americana documentary where she said like this was a bad place for me this is where I had a big part but I don't think like it was ever 
completely out of her mind you know like she never she never not had problems with her body yeah yeah that's i guess that's that's what i'm thinking about because that's after this period so when i i heard her you know talking about that in the documentary i kind of feel like she's talking about this period you know mm -hmm. um let's talk about some other crazy stress though on yeah. her and her image which is this whole kanye thing that yes happens just before this album comes out mm. she's writing this album and recording it and mm -hmm. then as you showed me today, she writes Innocence. Mm -hmm. Like, I've, I've now heard that song for years, yes. right? It's a good song. Had never thought it was geared towards Kanye West, but obviously, as I Googled it, it's obvious. Mm -hmm. I've read the lyrics. Yes, it's there. <laughs> and oh my God, mm -hmm. what a mature, wise. And wisdom matters a lot. You know, I've been reading a lot of Plato lately, and this oh is my like, God, yeah. you know, he's got a lot, Plato's got a lot of issues that he's working through, and wisdom is the most, that's where your head is, right? And you never get there. You're never fully wise, but you're on a continuum. When I read the lyrics to that song, and I think about that episode, I'm just like, whoa, this 20-year-old just has a view, a mature view, and the advice that she's giving <laughs> to Someone who attacked her, yeah. basically. Yeah, a bully. Her, a bully. And she's forgiving and giving advice. It's crazy. Without giving in, without being, yeah. you know, soft. Or I mean, it's a pop ballad, so it's got a kind of softness to it. But it is, like, sharp and to the point. Yeah. It's so such a good song. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Such a good song. Um, yeah, well, I feel like that's, I mean, we were just talking about this, of course. I'm going to say that continually for many episodes because we talk about Taylor a lot outside <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> but we were just discussing how her songwriting is so special because it's able to communicate a, a particular experience or emotion that she's feeling and then write about it in a larger sense so that a lot of people can really like feel that themselves can see it in their own lives or can see that person that they know it might be entirely based on one person but you might feel that it's about someone else because she's just that good at songwriting um and i think that's really important because she's said many times how writing songs she has you know sometimes drawn experience from stuff that's happened to her and people that she knows but she also writes like as she's refining her songs or, or even writing new songs, she incorporates stuff that she's made up or people in general that she thinks about in this song, especially that, you know, it was inspired by Kanye, but I feel like listening to it, you can imagine someone else or sure. you can see, right. you can think about us in general, a kind of person who did something absolutely terrible to another person mm -hmm. and giving advice, trying to forgive them and heal them. I think this is actually a negative about Taylor Swift. It's not her fault, but like so many of her songs fans tie them back to mm -hmm. a relationship and ex, and, yeah. that. and that's so limiting like it just constrains the song mm -hmm. it also what makes her a great writer is she and she generalizes and abstracts out. Mm -hmm. one thing that comes to mind with innocent is mm -hmm. this album also has meaning yeah it, which is also a song to a bully mm -hmm. it is not at all as forgiving <laughs> <laughs> no, i mean i wouldn't say innocence necessarily yeah. forgiving but it's not as understanding right mm -hmm. i mean her view in that song is you're only going to ever be bitter and mean and like mm -hmm. what a loser you are and watch me fly yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's a great i mean that's one of those songs that like you you listen when you're driving fast and mm -hmm. you have the windows down yeah feeling like self-confidence on blast <laughs> yeah i mean i've never really thought about it but i definitely should is that this album is so i mean all of her albums because she writes in these two-year periods 
And she's a, like a pop star, like so much is happening. She's on tour. She's, you know, doing all these things in two years that she has a lot of different experiences and she, her feelings change and she's always evolving. So it's interesting that she would write a song. I mean, we have no idea when she wrote any of these songs, but it's interesting that she would write a song forgiving someone. And then maybe a few months later, write something about like, you know, maybe she wrote innocent before she wrote better than revenge or the other way around. And she had these two different feelings about mm-hmm. different people. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy to think about. And they're on the same album. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, being able to manage complexity of characters. This is an actual psychological thing about a traumatizing experience. When you experience something traumatizing or something that your brain just can't handle, you put you have to put it out of your mind and then you just don't think about it. I don't want to say her album announcements are traumatized. I don't want to say her album announcements are traumatizing, but I definitely, they're like too exciting for my body to handle at this at one time. So I have to put them, I put them out of my mind. I put Speak Now out of my mind. Oh. And when it comes out, you're going to be gone. Yes, right? so we're going to be apart off, from each other. You're going to be in LA at theater camp. Mm-hmm. And I'll be here somewhere on the road in the Caribbean. And probably the next episode or two will be us on the road because my mom and I are going to fly up to LA and we'll spend some time. Yeah. Maybe we'll do some non boat episodes. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Ooh, tour. Mm. What's going on with with tour? Are we going to tour? We have two tickets. (laughs) I'm not going. Yes. It's like you're going with your sister. I'm very sorry to announce to anyone who is a fan of. He will not be attending the Eras tour. My sister actually will be brought along to the tour as well. Um, <laughs> she's laughing in the background. Two tickets yeah. to the tour in LA. And I'm going to be sitting home watching Netflix. Yes. Watching no, you can watch a live stream. Can you see it live? Yeah, yeah. Really? Everyone live streams, yeah. What do you mean everyone live streams? Well, you can live stream on Instagram. And... So you're going to have your phone there live yeah. streaming? Yeah, so that's full thing really you can see the whole tour if you want to cool yeah well that's about it all right um this was fun yeah (laughs) (laughs) see you next time yes see you next time
But yeah, we have 